Shabbat Shalom and welcome brothers and sisters. Welcome to the Parable of the Vineyard YouTube live stream. My name is Adam, your host, and I welcome you. Happy Shabbat. I pray that your Shabbat is getting started off on the right foot. Uh, tonight we're going to be reading through different chapters of the books of 1st and 2nd Maccabees uh, centered around what uh, the events that uh, came to be known as Hanukkah. Um, and recently I've been seeing actually a lot of people coming against Hanukkah and, you know, in part rightly so because uh, a lot of added traditions have been added to this, um, well, uh, bittersweet uh, event. Uh, a lot of tragedy happened surrounding, which we'll read about tonight, um, but actually a lot of deliverance came uh, from the hand of Yahuwah himself. Um, but, uh, you know, a lot of people have been attacking this day, saying it's a pagan day, saying that there's a lot of uh, pagan traditions, which is partly correct. Um, things like the um, the the nine-branched uh, Hanukkah instead of the menorah, um, absolutely true that that's that's uh you know that's replaced the menorah and it's an added tradition things like the story about the oil lasting for eight days you'll only find that in the talmud which is uh, not a book that we uh, read from or endorse in on this ministry um but the what, one thing i have seen is people attacking uh the maccabees themselves uh saying that they were like usurpers and uh that they were evil people um, I would definitely caution you against that uh, because I do believe the books of First and Second Maccabees are inspired scripture. Um, a lot of people don't actually know, but they were included in the 1611 KJV uh, and many other versions of scripture and canons. And I do believe it is the inspired word of Elohim of our, of the Most High. Um, and what we'll find is uh, these men were actually descendants of Aaron and were righteous people. They stood for they stood for the Most High. They stood for what's right. They stood against tyranny. They stood against um, they stood against people that wanted to take down the Torah and uh, and to make void the Torah, as we'll read. So, um, for the people that are coming against Hanukkah, in part, I agree with you. Um, but to completely just uh, dissolve away the memorial of what happened uh, during this time, I think is wrong, and especially uh, pointing the finger at um, at the Maccabees, I think is uh, some pretty dangerous territory. But, but nevertheless, let's uh, let's get into this tonight. Uh, this is an amazing story of some amazing people that did amazing things uh, through their faith in the Most High and their complete obedience to the Torah. And what the Most High did through them was nothing short of miraculous. So let's start with some prayer, and we're going to get right into the first book of Maccabees and read all about uh, the events that led up to what people call today Hanukkah. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, Yahuwah, Most High, we just come before you in Yahusha's name. And we thank you for the ability to gather together like this and to study your word. And uh, we pray that... Um, we pray that it's a pleasing aroma in your sight that we can read your scriptures uh, and grow thereby. And I pray that those that hear the words from the books of First and Second Maccabees be inspired uh, by the faithfulness and the endurance and the patience of these people, the same endurance and patience um, that is uh, that is called for uh, in the book of Revelation for those in the end times. So we pray that this can be a lesson that we can grow from and that we can gain strength from. And uh, we just love you in Yahusha's name. Amen and amen. So let's get into it. And we're going to go straight to the book of First Maccabees, Maccabim. And um, yeah, here we go. 
And give me just a second. Okay. And normally I would have liked to have read this from the Sefer, but uh, we were not able to get it uploaded on the uh, website. So we will be reading it from the King James site. <laughs> so here we go. First uh, Maccabees chapter one, and this is going to be a uh, this is going to be a reading with with a little bit of stop. So if you're looking for a straight reading of the uh, books of First and Second Maccabees, this is probably not your stop. Uh, we're going to kind of be jumping around in in making some comparisons and other scriptures, the Torah and that kind of stuff. So here we go. First Maccabees chapter one, and it happened after that Alexander, son of Philip. This is as we know Alexander the Great. Uh, after that, Alexander, son of Philip, the Macedonian who came out of the land of Chittim, had smitten Darius, king of the Persians and Medes, that he reigned in his stead, the first over Greece. So this is the beginning of the Grecian Empire. And he made many wars and won many strongholds and slew the kings of the earth and went through to the ends of the earth and took spoils of many nations and so much that the earth was quiet before him, whereupon he was exalted and his heart was lifted up. And he gathered a mighty strong host and ruled over countries and nations and kings who became tributaries unto him. And after these things, he fell sick and perceived that he should die. So here we have, um, this is the third beast mentioned by uh, Daniel, the prophet Daniel, uh, being the leopard, which had four wings, uh, which we'll see why it had four wings here in just a second. Wherefore he called his servants, which such as were honorable and had been brought up with him from his youth, and parted his kingdom among them while he was yet alive. So Alexander reigned twelve years and then died, and his servants bare rule every one in his place. And after his death they all put on crowns upon themselves, so did their sons after them many years, and evils were multiplied in the earth. And uh, just to show you, uh, Daniel 7, 6, And after this I beheld, and lo, another like a leopard, which had on the back of it four wings of a fowl, and the beast also had four heads, and dominion was given to it. And as we have learned through history, that after Alexander died, he split his kingdom into four kingdoms. And uh, this is the uh, the leopard. And his servants bear rule everyone in his place. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, and after this, they put all crowns upon themselves. So did their sons after them many years, and evils were multiplied in the earth. And there came out of them a wicked root, Antiochus, surnamed Epiphanes, son of Antiochus the king, who had been a hostage at Rome. And he reigned in the hundred and thirty and seventh year of the kingdom of the Greeks. In those days went there out of Yashrael wicked men who persuaded many, saying, let us go and make a covenant with the heathen that are round about us, or the nations that are round about us. For since we departed from them, we have had much sorrow. So this device pleased them well. So this, uh, before we get into the horrors of what happened to these people, this is the crux of why uh, all, the, all the folly that you'll see coming to Yashrael is because uh, they decided to join themselves unto the nations and their ways, and uh, unfortunately, this is uh, you know this is a lot of what we're seeing in our time right now. And that that's what's really awesome about these books that we're going to read tonight is you're going to see a lot of parallels with what's going on in our time and quite frankly, what's to come. And so, as we know, most of us have been coming out of those perditious ways that were uh, the vain traditions that were taught uh, of our father, passed down from our fathers, uh, things like uh, Christmas and Easter and all these other pagan feast days, um, which are, quite frankly, an abomination to the Most High. 
So here you have uh, wicked men of Yashorel. They're like, let's let's join ourselves unto the heathen, right? Then certain of the people were so forward herein that they went to the king who gave them license to do after the ordinances of the heathen. Every time it says heathen, you know, the more modern day word of heathen, heathen is like, oh, you heathen, you like, you sicko, you know, you heathen. Um, this is the, really the word here. It should It should be nations right so to do after the ordinances of the nations whereupon they built a place of exercise at jerusalem according to the customs of the heathen and made themselves uncircumcised i don't even know how that i don't even know how that works and made themselves uncircumcised and forsook the holy covenant and joined themselves to the nations or heathen and were sold to do mischief now when the kingdom was established before antiochus he through he thought to reign over egypt that he might have dominion of the two realms Wherefore he entered into Egypt with a great multitude, with chariots and elephants and horsemen and a great navy, and made war against Ptolemy, king of Egypt. But Ptolemy was afraid of him and fled, and many were wounded to death. Thus they got the strong cities in the land of Egypt, and he took the spoils thereof. And after that Antiochus had smit Egypt, smitten Egypt, he returned again in the hundred and forty and third year, and went up against Yashrael and Jerusalem with a great multitude, and entered proudly into the sanctuary, and took away the golden altar, and the candlestick of light, and all the vessels thereof, and the table of the showbread, and the pouring vessels, and the vials, and the censers of gold, and the veil, and the crown, and the golden ornaments that were before the temple, all which he pulled off. He took also the silver and the gold and the precious vessels. Also he took the hidden treasures which he found. And, and when he had taken all away, he went into his own land, having made a great massacre and spoken very proudly. So again, remember, the Most High, the only reason this even happened is because the people went against the Most High and started doing mixing themselves in the ways of the heathen. So he allowed a, a major slaughter. They you know, they should have learned this from the Torah. Uh, we, we learned that with... Um, even with a golden calf, right after they came, you know, came out of uh, Egypt, the golden calf, you know, uh, how many were slew? Was it three thousand were slew? Uh, were were killed at that point? Uh, what about um, when they attached themselves to Baal Peor when they ate of the sacrifice of the heathen and uh, they joined themselves unto their women? Uh, when Balaam figured out he couldn't he couldn't outright curse Israel, Yisrael, but he said, "Hey, let's uh, I want my reward, so let's figure out a way they can curse themselves." And the Most High, I think, slew 20-something thousand, 27,000. I'm just, um, I can't remember off the top of my head, but something like that. I mean, it's a great slaughter. And so these are the lessons we learn from the Torah is that when we turn away from the commandments and turn away from the Most High and turn into the nations of the heathen, it leaves us exposed. Uh, his armor, his shield, as Psalm 91 says, his truth shall be our shield and our buckler. And so when if we remove that obedience away, that shield and that buckler is, is removed away. And so that's why uh, Yashrael was able to be uh, conquered um, so easily. <clears throat> Therefore, there was a great mourning in Yashrael in every place where they were, so that princes and elders mourned, and the virgins and young men were made feeble, and the beauty of women was changed. Every bridegroom took up lamentation, and she that sat in the marriage chamber was in heaviness. The land also was moved for the inhabitants thereof, and all the house of Yaakov was covered with confusion. Right? Confusion. This is the same word as Babel. Babylon. It's confusion. 
After remember, like come out of her, my people. And after two years fully expired, the king sent his chief collector of tribute unto the cities of Judah, who came unto Jerusalem with a great multitude, and spake peaceable words unto them, but with but all with deceit. For when they had given him credence, he fell suddenly upon the city and smote it very sore and destroyed much people of Yisrael. And I gotta tell you, I I see a major parallel right here. Um, the 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 powers of the world, the United Nations. Uh, let's be honest, this country and and many others that have joined forces uh, together in in this united front, this global this global citizen movement, this one world order, uh, if you will. Uh, they're speaking words of peace, peace, peace. Uh, when in their in their minds and in their hearts is war and is and is destruction. And uh, is everything that is against the Most High. So here we see they came. They came in speaking peaceable words, but uh, when they did so, they f- suddenly fell upon the city and smote it very sore and destroyed much people of Yashorel. Verse thirty-one. And when he had taken spoils of the city, he set it on fire and pulled down the houses and walls thereof on every side. But the women and children took they captive and possessed the cattle. Then built they the city of David with a great and strong wall. And with mighty towers, and made it a stronghold for them. And they put therein a sinful nation, wicked men, and fortified themselves therein. And they stored it also with armor and victuals. And when they had gathered together the spoils of Jerusalem, they laid them up there, and so they became a, a sore snare. For it was a, for it was a place to lie in wait against the sanctuary, and an evil adversary to Yisrael. Thus. They shed innocent blood on every side of the sanctuary and defiled it. Insomuch that the inhabitants of Jerusalem fled because of them, whereupon the city was made an habitation of strangers and became strange to those that were born in her and her own children left her. Her sanctuary was... And so uh, this is the same warning that Messiah Yahusha gives um, is to when you see, you know, it says when you see Jerusalem encompassed by armies, uh, then know that this desolation thereof is nigh and flee into the mountains. And as we'll see specifically here shortly, um, we see that those who were uh, those who followed the Most High, those who cared for the Torah and cared for the ways of the Most High, they fled to the mountains. And I really believe that that's uh, something that we should do. To Matthew twenty four fifteen through eighteen, when you therefore shall see the abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel the prophet standing in the holy place, whoso readeth let him understand. Then let them which be in Judea flee into the mountains. Let him which is on the housetop not come down to take anything out of his house. Neither let him which is in the field return back to take his clothes. Also, um, uh, for. Uh, us in the end times, this is Ezekiel 7, the Septuagint version, I'll read you verses 14 through 16. Sound ye the trumpet and pass sentence on altogether. There shall be war with the sword without and famine and pestilence within. He that is in the field shall die by the sword and famine and pestilence shall destroy them that are in the city. But they that escape of them shall be delivered and shall be upon the mountains and I will say, and I will slay all the rest, every one for his iniquities. All hands shall be completely weakened, and all thighs shall be defiled with moisture. And they shall gird themselves with sackcloth, and amazement shall cover them. And shame shall be upon them, upon even upon every face, and baldness upon every head. So, um, I'm just going to be honest. I've been I've been saying this for a couple months now. Um, I think it's time to get out of the cities if you can. If you can't, then hey, listen. Uh, I pray the Most High meets you exactly where you are. And uh, we know that he can he can protect us anywhere we are. But if you have the abilities to to get out, 
I think it's time. I don't know what else to say about that. So, and I know some of you can't, so I, I don't mean to put you in a situation to make you feel bad, and that's not my intentions, but um, let's be honest, I, I think we all know what's coming to this country, and um, maybe sooner than later, but I don't know. It could be 20 years from now, for all I know. So, Her sanctuary was laid waste like a wilderness. Her feasts were turned into mourning, her Sabbaths into reproach, her honor into contempt. As, he had, as had been her glory, so was her dishonor increased, and her excellency was turned into mourning. Moreover, King Antiochus wrote to his whole kingdom that all should be one people. And this is exactly the, the motions and the steps that we're seeing this entire world go to, which is to be one people, to put down our differences, which a, a lot of the stuff they say sounds really good on paper. And on surface value, it sounds really inviting. Uh, and I'm sure for a lot of people that lived in, in, in Judea, you know, we're like, oh, let's just be all one people. We just want peace. We just want happiness. But you're going to have to do it our way and you're going to have to eat of our sacrifices and you're going to have to keep our laws. But if you do that, you'll be happy. You'll be safe. You'll you'll have your house. You'll have your uh, your vineyard. You'll have your own cistern. Um, you'll be happy. But uh, you're going to have to break the most high's laws. And I truly believe that that is something very similar that's going to come to this land. It could be a combination of things. It could be a vaccine. It could be a currency. It could be a mandatory Sunday rest and a mandatory work on Saturday. Who knows? Who knows exactly what this is going to look like? But um, I do believe something very similar to this is going to happen. Now, the good news is what we learned from this story, which we'll see here shortly, is those that were, didn't want to take part of this, they 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 got out of they got out of Dodge, they got out of there, and they fled to the mountains, and were safe for the most part. Um, and um, we also learned, for those of you that uh, saw the video that we put out a couple weeks ago called The Plan Moving Forward in the book of Yashar, Jasher 65, um, we saw that the Levites had seen the evil and the craftiness of the of the Egyptians and kept themselves far from their from their tricks and they were able to stay away from from uh, all, the, all the hard labor and all the uh, the bondage that was uh, put on the rest of all Yashrael so i think it's time to be wise like the levites were and um yeah come out of her my people All right, so more again, moreover, King Antiochus wrote to his whole kingdom that all should be one people. So this is this is your new world order. This is your one world religion. This is your one world order. And we're getting ready to see the resistance. And everyone should leave his laws so that all the nations agreed according to the commandment of the king. This is the kicker, right? So this is this is what comes with that peace and safety that they're that the United Nations and other uh, people are gonna be offering everybody is peace safety will all be one people there'll be no borders no race there'll be no religion we'll just be all one happy people but ah, you got to follow our laws though and you got to forsake your laws and that's where we're going to have to say i don't think so not going to happen verse 43 yea many also of the israelites consented to his religion and sacrificed unto idols and profaned the sabbath you can see here, this is a major part of this, of what the king's decree. And I, as we know, there's nothing new under the sun. I do believe it's going to come full circle uh, here in these end times. And uh, we see many times that, that Yahweh's Sabbath is his seal upon us. It's his mark. So who's to say that the, the beast's mark has something to do with uh, Sabbath or at least worship uh, and how we worship. So something to keep in mind. 
For the king had sent letters by messengers unto Jerusalem and to the cities of Judah that they should follow the strange laws of the land and forbid burnt offerings and sacrifice and drink offerings in the temple and that they should profane the Sabbaths and festival days. And, uh, you know, uh, here we go. Um, yeah, okay, I'll read that in just a second. And pollute the sanctuary and the holy people, set up altars and groves and chapels of idols. It's interesting that the word chapels is used here um, because I believe that modern day churches with your with your steeples and your uh, which is a big phallic symbol. It's it's the obelisks of Egypt. Um, so they're building chapels, right? Chapels of idols and sacrifice swine's flesh and unclean beasts that they should leave. Also leave their children uncircumcised and make their souls abominable with all manner of uncleanness and profanation. A lot of you have been asking me what to do uh, if you are uncircumcised or your children's are, children are uncircumcised. Um, you know, I, uh, I know what Paul wrote and either we misunderstand him or uh, something was added to his letters or, or something. But uh, I'm here to say Genesis 17 stands forever which is, uh, it's a sign. It's a sign between him and us uh, that every male, every male of Yashorel shall be circumcised. And if you're not, um, I would encourage you to look into it. I really would. Regardless of what we've been taught in, in what we grew up with. To the end that they might forget the Torah and change all the ordinances. And whosoever would not do according to the commandment of the king, he said, should he should die. In the selfsame manner, he wrote he to his whole kingdom and appointed overseers over all the people, commanding the cities of Judah to sacrifice city by city, that many of the people were gathered unto them, to wit, every one that forsook the Torah, and they and so they committed evils in the land, and drove the Yashraelites into secret places, even wheresoever they could flee for succor. Now the fifteenth day of the month Kazlu, in the hundred and forty and fifth year, they set up the abomination of desolation upon the altar, and built it in idols all I'm sorry, and builded idol altars throughout the cities of Judah on every side, and burnt incense at the doors of their houses and in the streets. And when they had rent in pieces the books of the Torah which they had found, they burnt them with fire. And whosoever was found with any book of the testament, or if any committed to the Torah, the king's commandment was that they should be put him to death. Thus did they by their authority unto the Yashraelites every month to as many as were found in the cities. Now the five and twentieth day of the month they did sacrifice upon the altar, which was upon the altar of Elohim, at which time, according to the commandment, they put to death certain women that had caused their children to be circumcised, and they hanged the infants about their necks, and rifled their houses, and slew them that had circumcised them. Howbeit, many in Yashrael were fully resolved and confirmed themselves not to eat any unclean thing, wherefore the rather to die, that they might not be defiled with meats." and that they might not profane the Holy Covenant. So then they died, and then there was very great wrath upon Yashrael. Now remember, how this crept in to their house is because they started going of the way of the heathen, uh, the nations, and, um, and celebrating their ways and being joined unto them and forsaking the laws, the Torah of Yahuwah. Uh, and actually here, let's pause here. I actually want to jump over to second Maccabees and we're going to read second Maccabees six through seven before we get, uh, into the rise of the Maccabeans. So now we're second Maccabees, the second book of Maccabees chapter six. 
Not long after this, the king sent an old man of Athens to compel the Jews to depart from the laws of their fathers and not to live after the, law, the, the Torah of Elohim and to pollute also the temple in Jerusalem, and to call it the temple of Jupiter Olympius and that in Gerizim of Jupiter, the defenders of strangers, as they did desire that dwelt in the place. The coming in of the mischief was sore and grievous to the people, for the temple was filled with riot and revelings by the Gentiles who dallied with harlots and had to do with women within the circuit of the holy places, and besides that brought in things that were not lawful. The altar also was filled with profane things, which the Torah forbiddeth. Neither was it lawful for a man to keep the Sabbath days or ancient feasts or fasts, or to profess himself at all to be a Jew. And in the day of the king's birth, every month they were brought by bitter constraint to eat of the sacrifices. And when the fast of Bacchus was kept, or uh, Dionysus, uh, this is, I think, the god of, of drunkenness and revelry, I think, or something like that, was kept, the Jews were compelled to go in, in procession to Bacchus carrying ivy. Moreover, there went out a decree to the neighbor cities of the heathen by the suggestion of Ptolemy against the Jews that they should observe the same fashions and be partakers of their sacrifices. And whoso would not conform themselves to the manners of the Gentiles should be put to death. Then might a man have seen the present misery. For there were two women brought who had circumcised their children, whom when they had openly led round about the city, the babes handing at their breasts, they cast them down headlong from the wall. And others that had run together into caves nearby to keep the Sabbath day secretly, being discovered by Philip, were all burnt together because they made a conscious, uh, yeah, con uh, yeah, conscious to help themselves to the honor of the most sacred day. Now I beseech those that read this book that they be not discouraged for these calamities, but that they judge those punishments not to be for destruction, but for a chastening of our nation. For it is a token of his great goodness when wicked doers are not suffered any long time, but forthwith punished. For not as with other nations, whom Yahuwah patiently forbeareth to punish, till they come to the fullness of their sins, so dealeth he with us, lest that, being come to the height of sin afterwards, he should take vengeance on us. And therefore, he never withdraweth his mercy from us, and though he punish with adversity, yet doeth he never forsake his people. But let, that, but let this that we, that we had spoken be for a warning unto us, and now we will come to the declaring of the matter in a few words. Eliezer, one of the principal scribes, an aged man, and of well-favored countenance, was constrained to open his mouth and to eat swine's flesh. So they were trying to shove pork down his mouth. But he, choosing rather to die gloriously than to live stained with such an abomination, spit it forth and came of his own accord to the torment, as it behooved them to come that are resolute to stand out against such things as are not lawful for the love of life to be tasted. But they that had charge of that wicked feast, for the old acquaintance they had with that man, taking him aside, besought him to bring the flesh of his own provision, such as was lawful for him to use, and to make as if he did eat the flesh taken from the sacrifice commanded by the king. So they're like, hey, just go get some clean meat and just act like you're eating the, the pig, the pork. That in doing so, he might be delivered from death and for the old friendship with them find favor. But he began to consider discreetly and as became his age and the excellency of his ancient years and the honor of his gray head wherein he was come, 
and his most honest education from a child, or rather, the holy Torah made and given by Elohim. Therefore he answered accordingly, and wiled them straightways to send him to the grave. For it becometh not our age, said he, in any wise to disassemble, whereby many young persons might think that Eliezer, being fourscore and ten years old, ninety, were now gone to a strange religion. And so they, through mine hypocrisy, and desire to live a little time and a moment longer, should be deceived by me, and I get a stain to mine old age, and make it abominable. For, th for though for the present time I should be delivered from the punishment of, me of men, yet should I not escape the hand of the Almighty, neither alive nor dead. Wherefore now, manfully changing this life, I will show myself such as one mine age requireth, and leave a notable example to such be as young as young to die willingly and courageously for the honorable and the holy Torah. And when he had said these words, immediately he went to the torment. They that led him changing the good way, they bear him a little before into the hatred, because the aforesaid speeches proceeded as they thought from a desperate mind. But when he was ready to die with stripes, he groaned and said, It is manifest unto Yahuwah that hath the holy knowledge, that whereas I might have been delivered from death, I now endure sore pains in body, being beaten, but in soul am well content to suffer these things, because I fear him. And thus this man died, leaving his death for an example of a noble courage and a memorial of virtue, not only unto young men, but unto all his nation. Chapter 7 it came, also, it came to pass also that seven brethren with their mother were taken and compelled by the king against the Torah to taste swine's flesh and were tormented with scourges and whips. But one of them that spake first said thus, what wouldst thou ask or learn of us? We are ready to die rather than to transgress the Torah of our fathers. I mean, these men are ready to give up their lives instead of tasting pork. And it, it just... Then the king, being in a rage, commanded pans and cauldrons to be made hot, which forthwith being heated, he commanded to cut out the tongue of him that spake first and to cut off the utmost parts of his body the rest of his brethren and his mother looking on. Now when, he, now when he was thus maimed in all his members, he commanded him, being yet alive, to be brought to the fire and to be fried in the pan. And as the vapors of the pan was for a good space dispersed, they exhorted one another with the mother to die manfully, saying thus, Yahuwah Elohim looketh upon us, and in truth hath comfort in us, as Moses in his song, which witnessed to their faces, declaring, saying, And he shall be comforted in his servants. So when the first was dead after this manner, they brought the second to make him a mocking stock. And when they had pulled off the skin off his head with the hair, they asked, which, by the way, um, sorry, if you've got little children around, you may not want them to hear this. You may want them to hear it, but you may not want to because this gets pretty bad. And when they had pulled off the skin of the head of his hair, they asked him, Wilt thou eat, before thou be punished throughout every member of thy body? But he answered in his own language and said, No. Wherefore also he received the next torment in order, as the former did. And when he was at the last gasp, he said, Thou like a fury takest us out of this present life, but the king of the world shall raise us up, who have died for his laws, unto everlasting life. Hallelujah. After him was the third made a mocking stock, and when he was required, he put out his tongue. And that right soon, holding forth his hands manfully, 
and said courageously, These I had from heaven, and for his laws I despise them. And from him I hope to receive them again. And so much that the king and they that were with him marveled at the young man's courage, for that he nothing regarded the pains. Now when this man was dead also, they tormented and mangled the fourth in like manner. So when he was ready to die, he said thus, It is good, being put to death by men, to look for hope from Elohim to be raised up again by him. As for thee, thou shalt have no resurrection to life. Afterward, they brought the fifth also and mangled him. Then looked he unto the king and said, Thou hast power over men, thou art corruptible, thou doest what thou wilt. Yet think not that our nation is forsaken of Elohim. But abideth, but abide a while, and behold his great power, how he will torment thee and thy seed. After him also they brought the sixth, who being ready to die said, Be not deceived without cause, for we suffer these things for ourselves, having sinned against our Elohim. Therefore marvelous things are done unto us. But think not thou, that takest in hand to strive against Elohim, that thou should escape unpunished. But the mother was marvelous above all, and worthy of honorable memory. For when she saw her seven sons slain within the space of one day, she bare it with a good courage because of the hope that she had in Yahuwah. Yea, she exhorted every one of them in her own language, filled with courage, courageous spirits, and stirring up her womanish thoughts with a manly stomach. And she said unto them, I cannot tell how you came into my womb, for neither I gave you breath nor life, neither was it I that formed the members of every one of you. But doubtless the creator of the world who formed the generation of man and found out the beginning of all things will also of his own mercy give you breath and life again as ye now regard not your own selves for his Torah's sake. Wow. You know, and this is, this is why, brothers and sisters, this is why I caution anybody that wants to mock the Maccabees and mock this book and mock Hanukkah. Um, you know, man, just be really careful. I mean, can you imagine standing in a court of law in, with Yahuwah in front of you and these people, you know, that you're mocking um, as standing as defendant? Oof, that would be a rough day, rough day. These people have done way more than us and stood for way more than we have. Now Antiochus, thinking himself despised and suspecting it to be a reproachful speech whilst the youngest was yet alive, did not only exhort him by words, but also assured him with oaths that he would make him both a rich and happy man, if he would turn from the Torah of his fathers, and that also he would take him for his friend and trust him with affairs. But when the young man would in no case hearken unto him, the king called his mother and exhorted her that she would counsel the young man to save his life. And when he had exhorted her with many words, she promised him that she would counsel her son. But she, bowing herself toward him, laughing the cruel tyrant to scorn, spake in her country language on this manner, O my son, have pity upon me that bear thee nine months in the womb, and gave thee, such, gave thee suck three years, and nourished thee, and brought thee up into this age, and endured the troubles of education. I beseech thee, my son, look upon the heaven and the earth, and all that is therein, and consider that Elohim made them of all things that were not, and so was mankind made likewise. Fear not this tormentor, but being worthy of thy brethren, take thy death that I may receive thee again in mercy with thy brethren. While she was yet speaking these words, a young man said, Whom wait ye for? I will not obey the king's commandment, but I will obey the commandment of the Torah that was given unto our father by Moshe. And thou that hast seen the author of all mischief against the Hebrews shall not escape the hands of Elohim. 
for we suffer because of our sins. And though the living Elohim be angry, living Yahuwah be angry with us a little while for our chastening and correction, yet shall he be at once again with his servants. But thou, O godless man, and of all other most wicked, be not lifted up without, without a cause, nor puffed up with uncertain hopes, lifting up thy hand against the servants of Elohim. For thou hast not yet escaped the judgment of Almighty Elohim, who seeth all things. For our brethren, who now have suffered a short pain, are dead under Elohim's covenant of everlasting life. But thou, through the, the judgment of Elohim, shall receive just punishment for thy pride. But I, as my brethren, offer up my body and my life for the Torah of our fathers, beseeching Elohim that he would speedily be merciful unto our nation, and that thou by torments and plagues mayest confess that he alone is Elohim. And that in me and my brethren the wrath of the Almighty, which is justly brought upon our nation, may cease. Then the kings, being enraged, handed him worse than all the rest, and he took it grievously that he was mocked. So this man died, died undefiled and put his whole trust in Yahuwah. Last of all, after the sons, the mother died. Let, be, let this be enough now to have spoken concerning the idolatrous feasts and the extreme tortures. All right. Actually, we're uh, actually going to go back to First Maccabees, actually chapter two. All right. There we go. Now we're going to get to the resistance. First uh, Maccabees, chapter two. In those days arose Mattathias, the son of John, the son of Simeon, a priest of the sons of Joarib from Jerusalem and dwelt in Modin. So these were Levites, sons of Aaron. And he had five sons, Joanon called Cadus, Simon called Thassi, Judas, who was called Maccabeus, the hammer, Eleazar called Avaran, and Jonathan, whose surname was Aphus. And when he saw the blasphemies that were committed in Judah and Jerusalem, he said, Woe is me! Wherefore was I born to see this misery of my people and of the holy city and to dwell there when it was delivered into the hand of the enemy and the sanctuary into the hand of strangers? Her temple is become as a man without glory. Her glorious vessels are carried away into captivity. Her infants are slain in the streets, her young men with the sword of the enemy. What nation hath not a part in her kingdom and gotten of her spoils? All her ornaments are taken away. Of a free woman she has become a bond slave. And behold, our sanctuary, even our beauty and our glory, is laid waste, and the Gentiles have profaned it. To what end, therefore, shall we live any longer? Then Mattathias and his son rent their clothes and put on sackcloth and mourned very sore. In the meanwhile, the king's office officers, such as compelled the people to revolt, came into the city Modin to make them sacrifice. And when many of Yashrael came unto them, Mattathias also and his sons came together. Then answered the king's officers and said to Mattathias on this wise, Thou art a ruler and an honorable and great man in this city and strengthened with sons and brethren. Now therefore, come thou first and fulfill the king's commandment, like as all the heathen have done, yea, and the men of Judah also and such as remain at Jerusalem. So shalt thou and thy house be in the number of the king's friends, and thou and thy children shall be honored with silver and gold and many rewards." Then Mattathias answered and spake with a loud voice, Though all the nations that are under the king's dominion obey him and fall away every one from the religion of their fathers and give consent to his commandments, 
Yet will I and my sons and my brethren walk in the covenant of our fathers. Elohim forbid that we should forsake the Torah and and the ordinances. We will not hearken to the king's words to go from our religion, either on the right hand or the left. Now when he had left speaking these words, there came one of the Jews in the sight of all to sacrifice on the altar, which was at Modin, according to the king's commandment. Which thing, when Mattathias saw, he was inflamed with zeal, and his reins trembled, neither could he forbear to show his anger according to judgment, wherefore he ran and slew him upon the altar. Also the king's commissioner, who compelled men to sacrifice, he killed at that time, and the altar he pulled down. Thus dealt he zealously for the Torah of Elohim, like Phinehas did unto Zambri, the son of Salom. And Mattathias cried throughout the city with a loud voice, saying, Whoever is zealous for the Torah and maintaineth the covenant, let him follow me. So he and all his sons fled into the mountains and left all ever that they had in the city. Here it is again, right? Trouble going on. The one world order closing in on their country. Flee to the mountains. Then many that sought justice after justice and judgment went down into the wilderness to dwell there. Both they and their children and their wives and their cattle because afflictions increased sore upon them. <clears throat> now when it was told the king's servants and the host of what was at Jerusalem in the city of David that certain men who had broken the king's commandment were gone down into their secret places in the wilderness. They pursued after them a great number and having overtaken them they camped against them and made war against them on the Sabbath day. And they said unto them, Let that which ye have done hitherto suffice. Come forth. They're like, Alright, what's happened, it's happened. Right? Come forth and do according to the commandment of the king, and ye shall live. But they said, We will not come forth, neither will we do the king's commandment to profane the Sabbath day. So then they gave them the battle with all speed. Howbeit, they answered them not, neither cast they a stone at them, nor stopped the places where they lay hid. But said, Let us die in our innocency. Heaven and earth will testify for us that ye put us to death wrongfully. So they rose up against them in battle on the Sabbath. And they slew them with their wives and children and their cattle to the number of a thousand people. Now, when Mattathias, and this is, and let me just pause here real quick. A lot of people are taking this stance um, that, you know, to be, you know, to be like, uh, like sheep for the slaughter. And maybe that's what we should do when things come. Um, Maybe not. Now, when Mattathias and his friends understood hereof, they mourned for them right sore. And one of them said to another, If we all do as our brethren have done and fight not for our lives and the Torah against the heathen, they will now quickly root us out of the earth. At that time thereof, therefore they decreed, saying, Whosoever shall come to make battle with us on the Sabbath day, we will fight against him. Neither will we all die as our brethren that were murdered in the secret places. Then came there unto him a company of the Assyrians, who were mighty men of Yisrael, even all as such as were voluntary devoted unto the Torah. Also, all they that fled for persecution joined them, joined themselves unto them, and they were a stay unto them. So they joined forces with their so they joined with their forces, and smote sinful men in their anger and wicked men in their wrath. But the rest fled to the heathen for succor. Then Mattathias and his friends went round about and pulled down the altars. And what children soever they found within the coast of Yashrael uncircumcised, those they circumcised valiantly. They pursued also after the proud men, and the work prospered in their hand. So they recovered the Torah out of the hand of the Gentiles, and out of the hand of the kings, neither suffered they the sinner to triumph. 
Now when the time drew near that Mattathias should die, he said unto his son, this is, this is like become one of my favorite speeches I've ever heard. He said unto his sons, Now hath pride and rebuke gotten strength in the time of destruction and the wrath and of indignation. Now therefore, my sons, be zealous for the Torah and give your lives for the covenant of your fathers. Call to remembrance what acts our fathers did in their time. So shall you receive great honor and an everlasting name. Was not Avraham found faithful in temptation, and it was imputed unto him for righteousness? Yosef, in the time of his distress, kept the commandment and was made Lord of Egypt. Phinehas, our father, right? So these are sons of Aaron. Phinehas, our father, being in being zealous for the fervent, obtained the covenant of an everlasting priesthood. Yahusha, Joshua, for fulfilling the word, was made a judge in Yashrael. Caleb, for bearing witness before the congregation, received the heritage of the land. David, for being merciful, possessed the throne of an everlasting kingdom. Elias, for being zealous and fervent for the Torah, was taken up into heaven. Ananias, Azarias, and Mishael, by believing, were saved out of the flame. Daniel, for his innocency, was delivered from the mouth of the lions. And thus consider ye throughout all ages, that none that put their trust in him shall be overcome. Fear not then the words of a sinful man, for his glory shall be dung and worms. Today he shall be lifted up, and tomorrow he shall be not found, because he is returned into his dust, and his thought to come to no and his thought is come to nothing. Wherefore, ye my sons, be valiant and show yourselves men in behalf of the Torah, for by it shall you obtain glory. And behold, I know that your brother Shimon is a man of counsel. Give ear unto him alway; he shall be a father unto you. As for Judas Maccabeus, he hath been mighty and strong even from his youth up. Let him be your captain and fight the battle of the people. Take also unto you all those that observe the Torah and avenge ye the wrong of your people. Recompense fully the heathen and take heed to the commandments of the Torah. So he blessed them and was gathered to his fathers. And he died in the 146th year. This is the 146th year of the reign of the Greeks. And his sons buried him in the sepulchres of his fathers at Modin. And all Yashrael made a great lamentation for him. So, um, wow, what a speech. Um, what a speech. So, truly, brothers and sisters, and I think this is this this just echoes for our time right now. And verse 61, And thus consider ye throughout all ages that none, all ages, that includes ours as well, none, uh, that none that put their trust in him shall be overcome. Brothers and sisters, this couldn't be even more true than it is for today. Wow. All right, let's keep going. All right, so well, I, had, I had a note for 56. Oh, that's the wrong one. Okay, never mind. All right, chapter 3. Then his son Judas, called Maccabeus, rose up in his stead, and all his brethren helped him, and so did they. So did all they that, that held with his father, and they fought with cheerfulness in the battle of Yisrael. So he got his people great honor and put on a breastplate as a giant and girt his warlike harness about him, and he made battles, protecting the host with his sword. In his acts, he was like a lion, and like a lion's whelp roaring for his prey. This just, just uh, reminds me of the battles 
of uh, Judah, uh, the you know one of the twelve sons of Yashrael. If any of you have read the book of uh, Yashar, Jasher, um, you'll know that this is uh, quite the reference uh, to um, uh, to um, Judah, son of uh, Yaakov. For he pursued the wicked, and sought them out, and burnt up those that vexed his people. Wherefore the wicked shrunk for fear of him, and all the workers of iniquity were troubled, because salvation prospered in his hand. He grieved also many kings, and made Yaakov glad with his axe, and his memorial is blessed forever. So again, the people that want to um, launch accusations at the Maccabees as being usurpers of the Zedekite priest line, be careful. Please be careful. Uh, I believe that, uh, again, as Yahushua says, every idle word will be taken account in the day of judgment. And by our words, we shall be justified. And by our words, we shall be condemned. Be very careful running with the people that are mocking um, the Maccabees. I don't know what else to say. Again, if you're just joining us, the, the festival of Hanukkah has a ton of added traditions to them. Um... You know, uh, lighting of the candle, um, the you know, um, um, calling it the festival of lights. Um, there's a lot of a lot of leaven added to this 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 day. And let me be let me be straight with you. Uh, I do not look at the feast of Hanukkah, uh, the feast of dedication, anywhere on the same level as Shabbat or uh, any uh, any of the seven feast days that were mentioned in Leviticus 23. Uh, not even close. Uh, but certainly. During this time, we can read the books of First and Second Maccabees, uh, also Fourth Maccabees as well. My goodness, it's amazing! Um, and remember, remember the deliverance that Yahuwah had given these people, which we're going to continue to read here shortly. Um, but certainly, we don't we we don't have to put this on the same level as a feast day. Uh, but certainly there's no wrong in remembering what Yahuwah uh, had done through his people. Because as we're going to read here very shortly, the miracles that were done through these people could not have been done without the Most High. <clears throat> Verse 8. Moreover, he went through the cities of Judah, destroying the ungodly out of them, and turning away wrath from Yashrael, so that he was renowned unto the utmost part of the earth, and he received unto him such as were ready to perish. Then Apollonius gathered the Gentiles together, and a great host out of Samaria to fight against Yashrael. Which thing, when Judas perceived, he went forth to meet him, and so he smote him and slew him. Many also fell down slain, but the rest fled. Wherefore Judas took their spoils, and Apollonius a sword also, and therewith he fought all his life long. Now when Saron, a prince of the army of Syria, heard that Judas had gathered unto him a multitude and a company of the faithful to go out to war, to go out with him to war he said i will get me a name and honor in the kingdom for i will go fight with judas and them that are with him who despise the king's commandment so he made him ready to go up and there went with him a mighty host of the ungodly to help him and to be avenged of the children of yashrael and when he came near to the going up of betharon judas went forth to meet him with a small company who when he saw the host coming to meet him said unto judas how shall we how shall we be able, being so few, to fight against so great a multitude and so strong, seeing we are ready to faint with fasting all this day? Unto whom Judas answered, It is no hard matter for many to be shut up in the hands of a few, and with the Elohim of heaven it is all one to deliver with a great multitude or a small company. For the victory of battle standeth not in the multitude of an host, 
but the strength cometh from heaven. For they come against us in much pride and iniquity to destroy us and our wives and children and spoil us. But we fight for our lives and for our Torah. Wherefore, Yahweh himself will overthrow them before our face. And as for you, be not afraid of them. Now, as soon as he had left off speaking, he leapt suddenly upon them. And so Saron and his host was overthrown before him. And they pursued them from the going down of Betharon unto the plain, where were slain about 800, uh, 800 of the men of them. And the residue fled into the land of the Philistines. Then began the fear of Judas and his brethren, and an exceeding great dread to fall upon the nations round about them, insomuch as his fame came unto the king, and all nations talked of the battles of Judas. Now when King Antiochus heard these, these things, he was full of indignation. Wherefore he sent and gathered together all the forces of his realm, even a very strong army. He opened also his treasure, and gave his soldiers pay for a year, commanding them to be ready whensoever he should need them. Nevertheless, when he saw that the money of his treasuries failed and the tributes in the country were small because of the dissension and plague which he had brought upon the land and taken away the Torah which had, or the laws which had been of old time, he feared that he should not be able to bear the charges any longer, nor to have such gifts to give so liberally as it did before, for he had abounded above the kings that were before him. Wherefore, being greatly perplexed in his mind, he determined to go into Persia, there to take the tributes of the countries and to gather much money. So he left Lysias, a nobleman, and one of the blood royal, to oversee the affairs of the king from the river, river Euphrates unto the borders of Egypt, <clears throat> and to bring up his son Antiochus until he came again. Moreover, he delivered unto him half of his horse forces and the elephants, and gave him charge of all things that he would have done, as also concerning them that dwell in Judah and Jerusalem. To wit, that he should send an army against them to destroy and root out the strength of Yashrael and the remnant of Jerusalem, and to take away their memorial from that place. And that he should place strangers in all their quarters and divide their land by lot. So the king took the half of the forces that remained and departed from Antioch, his royal city, the hundred and forty and seventh year. And having passed the river Euphrates, he went through the high countries. Then Lysias chose Ptolemy, the son of Dorimenes, Nicanor, and Georgias, mighty men of the king's friends. And with them he sent forty thousand footmen and seven thousand horsemen to go into the land of Judah and to destroy it, as the king commanded. So they went forth with all their power and came and pitched by Emmaus in the plain country. And, all, and the merchants of the country, hearing the fame of them, took silver and gold very much with servants and came into the camp to buy the children of Yashrael for slaves. A power also of Syria and of the land of the Philistines joined themselves unto them. Now when Judas and his brethren saw that miseries were multiplied, and that the forces did encamp themselves in their borders, for they knew how the king had given commandment to destroy the people and utterly abolish them, <clears throat> they said one to another, Let us restore the decayed fortune of our people, and let us fight for our people in the sanctuary. Then was the congregation gathered together, that they might be ready for battle that they might pray and ask mercy and compassion. Now Yerushalayim lay void as a wilderness. There was none of her children that went in or out. The sanctuary was also trodden down, and aliens kept a stronghold. The heathen had their habitation in that place, and joy was taken from Yaakov, and the pipe with the harp ceased. Sorry. Wherefore, the Asherahites assembled themselves together and came to Mashpah over against Yerushalayim, 
For in Mashpah was the place where they prayed aforetime in, Yis in Yisrael. Then they fasted that day and put on sackcloth and cast ashes upon their heads and rent their clothes and laid open the book of the Torah wherein the heathen had sought to paint the likeness of their images. <clears throat> they brought also the priest's garments and the firstfruits and the tithes and the Nazarites they stirred up who had accomplished their days. Then cried they with a loud voice toward heaven, saying, What shall we do with these, and whither shall we carry them away? For the sanctuary is trodden down and profaned, and thy priests are in heaviness and brought low. And lo, the heathen are assembled together against us to destroy us. What things they imagine against us, thou knowest. How shall we be able to stand against them, except thou, O Elohim, be our help? Then sounded they with trumpets or shofars, and cried with a loud voice, and after this, Judas ordained captains over the people, even captains over thousands, and over hundreds, and over fifties, and over tens. This is Torah, right? All this, this is all Torah. This is uh, in the Torah portion, Jethro, right? When Jethro gives Moshe um, sound advice to have, uh, have structure and order. And here, Judas Maccabeus is following the same. For as, much, for as such as were building houses, or had betrothed wives, or were planting vineyards, or were fearful, those he commanded that they should return every man to his own house according to the Torah. And that is Deuteronomy 20, verses 5 through 8. When they go to war, <clears throat> they, they say, you know, if any man has built a house and has not uh, uh, slept in it, maybe, um, he needs to go home. If he, a man just married a wife and uh, has not uh, taken her, Go back home, you know. Uh, if a man is fearful, go home, right? This is Torah. He's. I mean, that's that's the whole point of what I'm trying to get uh, with the Book of Maccabees. These men followed and stood for the Torah. So the camp removed and pitched upon the south side of Emmaus, and Judas said, "Arm yourselves and be valiant men, and see that ye be in readiness against the morning, that ye may fight with these nations that are assembled together against us to destroy us and our sanctuary." For it is better for us to die in battle than to behold the calamities of our people in our sanctuary. Nevertheless, as the will of Elohim is in heaven, so let him do. Chapter 4. Sorry. <clears throat> then took Georgius 5,000 footmen and a thousand of the best horsemen and removed, and removed out of the camp by night to the end that he might rush in upon the camp of the Jews and smite them suddenly. And the men of the fortress were were his guides. Now when Judas heard thereof, he himself removed, and the valiant men with him, that he might smite the king's army which was at Emmaus, while as yet the forces were dispersed from the camp. In the mean season came Georgius by night into the camp of Judas, and when he found no man there, he sought them to the mountains, for he said, These fellows flee from us. But as soon as it was day, Judas showed himself in the plain with 3,000 men who nevertheless had neither armor nor swords to their minds. Excuse me. <clears throat> and they saw the camp of the heathen, that it was strong and well harnessed and compassed round about with horsemen, and these were expert of war. Then said Judas to the men that were with him, Fear ye not their multitude, neither be ye afraid of their assault. Remember how our fathers were delivered in the Red Sea when Pharaoh pursued them with an army. Now, therefore, let us cry unto heaven, if peradventure Yahweh will have mercy upon us, and remember the covenant of our fathers, and destroy this host before our face this day. 
that so all the heathen may know that there is one who delivereth and saveth Yashrael. Then the strangers lifted up their eyes and saw them coming over against them. Wherefore they went out against the camp to battle, but they that were with Judas sounded their trumpets. So they joined battle, and the heathen being discomfited fled into the plain. Howbeit all of them, all of the hindmost of them were slain with a sword, for they pursued unto Gezera, and unto the plains of Idiomia, and Azotus, and Jamnia, so that there were slain upon them a three thousand men. This done, Judas returned again with his host from pursuing them, and said to the people, Be not greedy of the spoil, insomuch as there is a battle before us. And Georges and his hosts are here by us in the mountain. But stand ye now against our enemies, and overcome them, and after this ye may boldly take the spoils. As Judas was yet speaking these words, there appeared a part of them looking out to the mountain, who when they perceived that the Jews had put their host to flight and were burning the tents for the smoke that was seen declared <clears throat> the smoke that was seen declared what was done. When therefore they perceived these things, they were so afraid, and seeing also the host of Judas in the plain ready to fight, they fled every one into the land of strangers. Then Judas returned to the spoil of the tents, where they got much gold and silver and blue silk and purple of the sea and great riches. After this they went home and sung a song of thanksgiving and praised Yahweh in heaven, because it is good, because his mercy endureth forever. Thus Yashrael had a great deliverance that day. Now all the strangers that had escaped came and told Lysias what had happened, who, when he heard thereof, was confounded and discouraged, because neither such things as he would were done unto Yashrael, nor such thing as the king commanded him were come to pass. The next year, therefore, following Lysias, gathered together threescore thousand choice, of, choice men of foot and five thousand horsemen, that he might subdue them. So they came unto Idiomia and pitched their tents at Bethsura, and Judas met them with ten thousand men. So they had, uh, what, three score. So that's 60,000 men and 5,000 horsemen. So 60,000 infantrymen and 5,000 horsemen against 10,000 of Yashrael. <clears throat> and when he saw that mighty army, he prayed and said, Blessed art thou, O Savior of Yashrael, who didst quell the violence of the mighty man by the hand of thy servant David, and gavest the host of strangers into the hand of Jonathan, the son of, the son of Saul, and his armor-bearer. Shut up this army in the hand of thy people, Yashrael, and let them be confounded in their power and horsemen. Make them to be of no courage, and cause the boldness of their strength to fall away, and let them quake at their destruction. Cast them down with the sword of them that loveth thee, and let all those that know thy name praise thee with thanksgiving. So they joined the battle, and they were slain of the host of Lysias about five thousand men, even before them were they slain. Now when Lysias saw his army put to flight, and the manliness of Judas' soldiers, and how they were ready to either live or die valiantly, he went to Antiochia, 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 and gathered together a company of strangers, and having made his army greater than it was, he proposed to come again into Judea. Then said Judas and his brethren, Behold, our enemies are discomfited. Let us go up to cleanse and, de de and dedicate the sanctuary. Now we're getting into Hanukkah. <laughs> Upon this, all the hosts assembled themselves together and went up into Mount Sion. And when they saw the sanctuary desolate and the altar profaned and the gates burned up and shrubs growing in the courts and in a, as in a forest or in one of the mountains, yea, and the priest's chambers pulled down, they rent their clothes and made great lamentation and cast ashes upon their heads. 
and fell down flat to the ground upon their faces and blew an alarm with the trumpets and cried towards heaven. Then Judas appointed certain men to fight against those that were in the fortress until he had cleansed the sanctuary. So he chose priests of blameless conversation, conversation such as had pleasure in the Torah, who cleansed the sanctuary and bare out the defiled stones into an unclean place. And when, as they consulted what to do with the altar of burnt offerings which was profaned, they thought it best to pull it down, lest it should be a reproach unto them, because the heathen had defiled it. Wherefore, they pulled it down, and laid up stones in the mountain of the temple in a convenient place, until there should become a prophet to show what should be done, unto the, done with them. Then they took whole stones according to the Torah, and built a new altar according to the former, and made up the sanctuary, and the things that were within the temple, and hallowed, hallowed the courts. They made also new holy vessels, and unto the temple they brought the candlestick, and the altar of burnt offerings, and the incense, and, ta and the table. And upon the altar they burned incense, and the lamps that were upon the candlestick they lighted, that they might give light in the temple. Furthermore, they set loaves upon the tables, and spread out the veils, and finished all the works which they had begun to make. Um, now on the five and twentieth day of the ninth month, which is called the month Kazlu, in the hundred and forty-eighth year, they rose up betimes in the morning. So the abomination of desolation happened in the, um, oh wait, yeah, the twenty, yeah, so the twenty, uh, yeah, the twenty-fifth day, the abomination of desolation happened, and on the twenty-fifth day, is this a year later or two years later? Um, I'll have to go back and look, but it was, it's either a, a year or two years later or three years later. <clears throat> But the very same day, um, on the same day, two or three years later, uh, I'll have to go look, I'm sorry. Um, but the same day, it was the abomination happened the same day the, um, the rededication and cleansing happened. In the 148th year, they rose up at times in the morning and offered sacrifice, sacrifice according to the Torah upon the new altar of burnt offerings which they had made. Look at what time and what day the heathen had profaned it, even in that was it dedicated with songs and citherns and harps and cymbals. Then all the people fell upon their faces, worshipping and praising the Elohim of heaven, who had given them good success. And see, this is all I'm saying is that I don't think there's anything wrong every year. I mean, I'd tell you what I'm going to do in my, what I'm doing in my house and what I'm going to do every year is... I'm not going to do the, the I'm not going to light the candles. I'm not going to do the menorah. I'm not going to do any of the added stuff, but I don't think there's anything wrong with every year sitting down and reading this story to my children and showing them um, the courage of these people, um, you know, especially the martyrdom. I might not read, I might not read the really grotesque parts until they get a little older, um, at least the young ones, but uh, I'm certainly going to explain to them that it is better to die. Uh, for keeping the Torah, than to li live, a, live a little bit longer and to deny Yahuwah's Torah. I think this is an amazing story that we should all take some courage from, and I think we all have stand stand to learn something from this uh, about these about how amazing these people were in standing up for the Torah. And I really do feel bad for anybody that is is mocking these people. Um, you know, you know, one thing I will say is, you know, after these amazing defeats, um, or victories that Yahuwah had given these people, uh, they did um, start making some bad decisions and they did not live perfectly. Um, but, you know, are you? Am I? Um, so before we start uh, pointing fingers and, and um, mocking these people, I'll be very, very careful um, because you can see what Yahuwah did to these people. And it's just absolutely amazing. 
And so they kept the dedication of the altar eight days and offered burnt offerings with gladness and sacrificed the, sac sacrificed the sacrifice of deliverance and praise. They decked also the forefront of the temple with crowns of gold and with shields and the gates and, they, and the chambers they renewed and hanged doors upon them. Thus was there very great gladness among the people for that the reproach of the heathen was put away. Moreover, Judas and his brethren, with the whole congregation of Yashrael, ordained that in the days of the dedication of the altar should be kept in their season from year to year by the space of eight days from the five and twentieth day of the month Kazlu, with mirth and gladness. At that time also they builded up Mount Zion, which with high walls and strong towers round about, lest the Gentiles should come and tread it down as they had done before. And they set there a garrison to keep it and fortified Bethsura to preserve it, that the people might have a defense against Idiomia. And uh, I think we're just going to read through chapter 5, and then I'm going to read a little bit in Second Maccabees. You know. <clears throat> you know, just a second. Okay. All right, so 1 Maccabees, chapter 5. I'm just going to read. Yeah, I'm going to read the rest of this chapter. Okay. <clears throat> now when the nations round about heard that the altar was built and the sanctuary renewed as before, it displeased them very much. Wherefore they thought to destroy the generation of Yaakov that was among them, and thereupon they began to slay and destroy the people. Then Judas fought against the children of Esau in Idumea at Atrabine, I'm sorry, at Arabatine, Arabatine, sorry. Because they besieged Gael, and he gave them a great overthrow, and abated their courage, and took their spoils. Also, he remembered the injury of the children of Bin, who had been a snare and an offense unto the people, and that they lay in wait for them in the ways. He shut them up, therefore, in the towers, and encamped against them, and destroyed them utterly, and burned their towers that place with fire, and all that they were there were in. Afterward, he passed over to the children of Ammon, where he found a mighty power and much people with Timotheus, their captain. So he fought many battles with them, till at length they were discomfited before them. And he smote them, and when he had taken Jazar with the towns belonging thereto, he returned unto Judea. Then the heathen that were at Galad assembled themselves together against the Asherahites that were in their quarters to destroy them. But they fled to the fortress at Dathema, and sent letters unto Judas and his brethren, the heathen that are round about us are assembled together against us to destroy us, and they are preparing to come and take the fortress whereunto we are fled, Timotheus being captain of their host. Come now, therefore, and deliver us from their hands, for many of us are slain. <clears throat> Yea, all our brethren that were in the places of Toby are put to death. Their wives and their children also they have carried away captives and borne away their stuff, and they have destroyed there about a thousand men. While these letters were yet reading, behold, there came other messengers from Galilee with their clothes rent, who reported on this wise, and said, They have of Ptolemaeus, and of Tyrus, and Sidon, and all Galilee and of the Gentiles are assembled together against us to consume us. Now, when Judas and the people heard these words, they were assembled a great congregation together to consult what they should do for their brethren that were in trouble and assaulted of them. Then said Judas unto Simon his brother, Choose thee out men, and go and deliver thy brethren that are in Galilee, for I and Jonathan my brother will go into the country of Galad. So he left Joseph the son of Zacharias and Azarias, captains of the people, 
with the remnant of the host in Judea to keep it, unto whom he gave commandment, saying, Take ye charge of this people, and see that ye make not war against the heathen until the time which we come again. Now unto Simon were given three thousand men to go into Galilee, and unto Judas eight thousand men for the country of Galad. Then went Simon into Galilee, where he fought many battles with the heathen, so that the heathen were discomfited by him. And he pursued them into the gate of Ptolemaeus, and there were slain about of the heathen about three thousand men, whose spoils he took. And those that were in Galilee and in Arbat, Arbatis, with their wives and their children and all that they had, he took away with him and brought them into Judea with great joy. Judas Maccabeus also and his brother Jonathan went over Jordan and traveled three days' journey in the wilderness, where they met with the Nabathites, who came unto them in a peaceable manner and told them everything that had happened to their brethren in the land of Galad. And how that many of them were shut up in Bosra and Bosor and Alema and Kasphor, Maked and Karnaim, and all these, all these cities are strong and great, and that they were shut up in the rest of the cities of the country of Galad, and that against tomorrow they had appointed to bring their host against the forts and to take them and to destroy them all in one day. Hereupon Judas and his host turned suddenly by the way of the wilderness unto Bosra, and when he had won the city, he slew all the males with the edge of the sword and took all their spoils and burned the city with fire. From whence he removed by night and went till he came to the fortress. And betimes in the morning they looked up, and behold, there was an innumerable multi innumerable people bearing ladders and other engines of war to take the fortress, for they assaulted them. When Judas therefore saw that the battle was begun, and that the cry of the city went up to heaven with trumpets and a great sound, <clears throat> he said unto the host, Fight this day for your brethren. So he went forth behind them in three companies, who sounded their trumpets and cried with prayer. Then the host of Timotheus, knowing that it was Maccabeus, fled from him, wherefore he smote them with a great slaughter, so that there were killed of them about that day eight thousand men. This done, Judas turned aside to Mashpah, and after he had assaulted it, he took and slew all the males therein, and received the spoils thereof, and burnt it with fire. From thence went he, and took Kashphon, Magad, Bosor, and the other cities of the country of Galad. After these things gathered to Matthias another host, and encamped against Rephon beyond the brook. So Judas sent men to espy the host, who brought him word, saying, All the heathen that be round about us are assembled unto them, even a very great host. He hath also hired the Arabians to help them, and they have pitched their tents beyond the brook, ready to come and fight against thee. Upon this Judas went to meet them. Then Timotheus said unto the captains of his host, when Judas and his host came near the brook, If he pass over first unto us, we shall not be able to withstand him, for he will mightily prevail against us. But if he be afraid and camp beyond the river, we shall go over unto him and prevail against him. Now when Judas came near the brook, he caused the scribes of the people to remain by the brook, unto whom he gave commandment, saying, <clears throat> Suffer no man to remain in the camp, but let all come to the battle. So he went first over unto them and all the people after him. Then all the heathen, being discomfited before them, cast away their weapons and fled unto the temple that was in Karnaim. But they took the city and burned the temple with all that were therein, Thus was Karnaim subdued, neither could they stand any longer before Judas. Then Judas gathered together all the Israelites that were in the country of Galad, from the least unto the greatest, even their wives and their children and their stuff, a very great host, to the end that they might come into the land of Judea. Now, when they came unto Ephron, this was a great city in the way that they, as they should go, very well fortified. They could not turn from it, 
either on the right hand or on the left, but it must needs pass through in the midst of it. Then they of the city shut them out and stopped up the gates with stones, whereupon Judas sent unto them in peaceable manner, saying, Let us pass through your land to go into our own country, and none shall do you any hurt. We will only pass through on foot, howbeit they would not open unto them. Wherefore Judas commanded a proclamation to be made throughout the host, that every man should pitch his tent in the place where he was. So the soldiers pitched and assaulted the city, and all that day and all that night, till the length of the city was delivered into his hands. Then, who then slew all the males with the edge of the sword, and raised the city, and took the spoils thereof, and passed through the city over them that were slain? After this they went over Jordan into the great plain before Bethsan. And Judas gathered together those that came behind, and exhorted the people all the way through till they came into the land of Judea. So they went up to Mount Sinai with joy and gladness, where they offered up burnt offerings, because not one of them were slain until they had returned in peace. I mean, so again, <clears throat> this is this is only can happen through the will of the Most High. It says not one of them was slain, and they just they're just going in and destroying city after city after army after army after army. These people were absolutely um, in the hands of the Most High. Now, what time as Judas and Jonathan were in the land of Gilad, and Simon his brother in Galilee before Ptolemaeus, Joseph the son of Zacharias, and, Azar and Azarias, captains of the garrison, heard of the valiant acts and warlike deeds which they had done, wherefore they said, Let us also get us a name and go fight against the heathen that are round about us. So when they had given a charge unto the garrison that was with them, they went towards Jamna. Then came Georgius and his men out of the city to fight against them. And so it was that Joseph and Azarias were put to flight and pursued unto the borders of Judea. And there were slain that day of the people of Yashrael about 2,000 men. Thus was there a great overthrow among the children of Yashrael because they were not obedient unto Judas and his brethren, but thought to do some valiant act. And see, <clears throat> you know, for people that want to say that the, the Maccabees were usurpers and uh, the, the Maccabee, the, you know, the Hasmian dynasty usurped... Um, usurped the throne or you know you usurped this or that it's very clear that through these scriptures which i do believe the book of maccabees are the inspired inspired word of, of yahuwah it's very clear that uh that yahuwah anointed these people and we can see here that someone that did not obey the commandment of judas uh they were they were put to flight and and they were um they were defeated just as if, you know, the people that disobeyed Moshe's commandment uh, when they went up, uh, I think, was it to Ai, and they were smote uh, and they were killed? Same thing. You know, if uh, if if the uh, if these people usurped the, the Zedekites, you know, where were the Zedekites when all these things happened? Uh, I'm not I'm not passing judgment on them, but this is who stood up. This is who Yahuwah chose and anointed uh, to lead his his uh, country back into victory and to take hold back of his country. Moreover, these men came not of the seed of those by whose hand deliverance was given unto Yashrael. <clears throat> Howbeit the man, Judas, and all his brethren were greatly renowned in all the sight of Yashrael, and of all his and of all the heathen wheresoever their name was heard was heard of, insomuch as the people assembled unto them with joyful acclamations. Afterward went Judas forth with his brethren, and fought against the children of Esau in the land towards the south, where he smote Hebron, and the towns thereof, and pulled down the fortresses of it, and burned the towers thereof round about. From thence he removed to go into the land of the Philistines, and passed through Samaria. At that time certain priests desirous to show their valor were slain in battle, 
for that they went out went out to fight unadvisedly. So Jer- so Judas turned to Azotus in the land of the Philistines, and when he had pulled down their altars and burned burned their cart images with fire and spoiled their cities, he returned into the land of Judea. And we're going to stop there in First Maccabees, and we're going to turn now to Second Maccabees and read uh, read a little bit there. Second Maccabees chapter two. We're going to start at verse 19. Now, as concerning Judas Maccabeus and his brethren and the purification of the great temple and the dedication of the altar <clears throat> and the wars against Antiochus of Epiphanes and Eupater, his son, and the manifest signs that came from heaven unto those that behaved themselves manfully to their honor for Judaism, so that being but a few, they overcame the whole country and chased barbarous multitudes. Now, let us also know that Judaism in today's modern terms uh, is not the same as it was back then. Judaism now is full of man-made traditions. Um, you know, and for those that are, are you know, um, exposing Hanukkah, um, you know, a lot of the straw man arguments that they tackle... Um, uh, rightly so, man-made traditions, you know, again, as like the lighting of the candles and the oil that supposedly lasted for eight days. You won't find that here in the scriptures. You'll find that in the Talmud, which we don't read. I don't read the Talmud. I don't find any doctrine out of the Talmud. Um, so when they attack those things, they're right, you know, but uh, like like saying that um, just because there's added man-made traditions to it, therefore the whole thing is false, that's, just, I mean, you can do the same thing with the Sabbath. You can say, oh, well, the Jews, um, you know, they don't flip a light switch on. Um, you know, they light the candle and waft the, you know, the fumes in their in their face. Um, you know, they say all these certain prayers. It's all man-made traditions, so therefore the Sabbath must be false. Um, it's, the, it's the very same thing to me. So certainly, again, um, this is not this is not on the same level as the seven feast days nor the Shabbat that Yahweh commanded in Leviticus 23, but... Uh, either this is scripture or it's not, and I do believe that this is scripture, and uh, I don't think there's anything wrong with memorializing uh, and remembering what happened um, you know, every year with what Yahuwah had done with these people uh, and um, how valiantly they stood for Yahuwah and for his name. Um, and a good reminder for us of what happens when we turn from his Torah. And again, this whole, if you just joined us or joined uh, late, the whole, all this persecution that came to the land of Yashrael came because <clears throat> they started going in the way of the heathen, and they forsook Yahweh's Torah. So, um, okay. And the manifest signs that came from heaven unto those, oh yeah, we read that, I'm sorry, and recovered again the temple renowned all over the world and freed the city and upheld the Torah which were going down, Yahweh being gracious unto them with all favor. All these things I say, being declared by Jason of Cyrene in five books, we will essay to abridge in one volume. For considering the infinite number and the difficulty which they find that desire to look into the narrations of the story for the variety of the matter, we have been careful that they that read may have delight, and they that are desirous to commit to memory might have ease, and that all into whose hands it might come might have profit. Therefore to us that we have taken upon this painful labor of abridging, it was not easy, but a matter of sweat and watching, even as is no ease unto him that prepareth a banquet, and seeketh the benefit of others, yet for the pleasuring of many we will take under, we will undertake gladly these great pains, leaving to the author the exact handling of every particular. 
and laboring to follow the rules of abridgment. For as the master builder of a new house must care for the whole building, but he that undertaketh to set it out and paint it <clears throat> must seek out fit things for the adorning thereof, even so I think it is with us. To stand upon every point and go over this thing at large, and to be curious in particulars, belonging to the first author of the story, but to use brevity and avoid much laboring of the work, it is to be granted to him that will make an abridgment. Here then we will begin the story, only adding thus much, that that which hath been said, that it is foolish, a foolish thing to make a long prologue and be short in the story of itself. Chapter 3 now, when the holy city was inhabited with all peace, and the laws were kept very well, because of the godliness of Onias the high priest and his hatred of wickedness, it came to pass that even the kings themselves did honor the place and magnify the temple with their best gifts, insomuch that Seleucus of Asia, of his own revenues, bear all the costs belonging to the service of the sacrifices. But one Simon of the tribe of Benjamin, who was made governor of the temple, fell out with the high priest about disorder in the city. And when he could not overcome Onias, he got him to Apollonius, the son of Thracius, who then was governor of Seleucia, Syria, and Phoenice, and told him that the treasury in Jerusalem was full of infinite sums of money, so that the multitudes of their riches, which did not pertain to the account of the sacrifices, was innumerable, and that it was possible to bring it into the king's hands. So uh, basically... He had a fallout between two men, and this Simon betrayed his country, went to the king and said, Hey, in the temple there's a ton of riches if you want to put your hands on it. Now when Apollonius came to the king and had showed him of the money whereof he was told, the king chose out Heliodorus, his treasurer, and sent him with a commandment to bring the aforesaid money. So forthwith Heliodorus took his journey under a color of visiting the cities of Seleucia and Phoenice, but indeed to fulfill the king's purpose. And when he was come to Jerusalem and had been courteously received with the high priests of the city, he told him of what intelligence was given of the money and declared wherefore he came and asked if these things were so indeed. <clears throat> then the high priest told him that, were, that there was such money laid up for the relief of widows and, fatherless, and the fatherless children and that some of it belonged to Hyrcanus, son of Tobias, a man of great dignity, and not as that wicked Simon had misinformed. The sum wherein in all was four hundred talents of silver and two hundred of gold, and that it was altogether impossible that such wrongs should be done unto them that had committed it to the holiness of the place and to the majesty and inviolable sanctity of the temple honored all over the world. But Heliodorus, because of the king's commandment given him, said that in any wise it must be brought into the king's treasury. So at that day, so at the day which he appointed, he entered into order this matter, wherefore there was no small agony throughout the whole city. But the, the priests, prostrating themselves before the altar in their priest's vestments, called unto heaven upon him that made a Torah concerning things given to he kept, given, given to be kept that they should safely be preserved for such as had committed committed them to be kept. Then whoso, then whoso had looked the high priest in the face, it would have wounded his heart, for his countenance and the changing of his color declared the inward agony of his mind. For the man was so compassed with fear and horror of the body that it was manifest to them that looked upon him what sorrow he had now in his heart. So everybody's like mourning and weeping because uh, they were about to defile the temple and steal the treasure and take it to the king. 
Others ran flocking out of their houses to the general supplication because the place was like to come into was like to come into contempt. And the women, girt with sackcloth under their breasts, abounded in the streets, and the virgins that were kept in ran, some to the gates and some to the walls, and others looked out of the windows, and all, holding their hands towards heaven, made supplication. Then it would have pitied a man to see the falling down of the multitude of all sorts, and the fear of the high priest being in such an agony. Then they called upon the Almighty Yahuwah to keep the things committed of trust safe and sure for those that had committed them. Nevertheless, Heliodorus executed that which was decreed. Now, as he were there present himself with his guard about the treasury, Yahuwah Sevaot, and the prince of all power, caused a great apparition, so that all that presumed to come in with him were astonished at the power of Elohim, and fainted and were sore afraid. For there appeared unto them a horse with a terrible rider upon him, and adorned with a very fair coloring. And he ran fiercely, and smote at Heliodorus with his forefeet. And it seemed that he sat that, and it seemed that he that sat upon the horse had a complete harness of gold. Moreover, two other young men appeared before him, notable in strength, excellent in beauty, and comely in apparel, who stood by him on either side and scourged him continually, and gave him many sore stripes. And Heliodorus fell suddenly unto the ground, and was compassed with great darkness. But they that were with him took him up, and put him into a litter. Thus him, that lately came with a great train, and with all his guard into the said, said treasury, they carried out, being unable to help him with his weapons, and manifestly they acknowledged the power of Elohim. So these men that were sent down to take the treasure out of the, the temple, this rider on a horse with a gold harness, I guess an angel, and two other angels came and smote him, and he fell, and he, and, and he was not able to get up, and uh, he was about to die. For he, by the hand of Elohim, was cast down and lay speechless without all hope of life. But they praised Yahuwah that had miraculously honored his own place for the temple, which was a little afore, was full of fear and trouble when the Almighty Yahuwah appeared, was filled with joy and gladness. Then straightway certain of Heliodorus' friends prayed Onias that he would call upon the Most High to grant him life, who lay ready to give up the ghost. So the high priest, suspecting lest the king should misconceive that some treachery had been done to Heliodorus by the Jews, offered a sacrifice for the health of the man. Now as the high priest was making an atonement, the same young men in the same clothing appeared and stood beside Heliodorus, saying, Give Onias the high priest great thanks, insomuch as for his sake Yahuwah hath granted thee life. And seeing that thou hast been scourged from heaven, declare unto all men the mighty power of Elohim, and when they had spoken these words, they appeared no more. So Heliodorus, after he had offered sacrifice unto Yahuwah, and made great vows unto him that had saved his life, saved his life, and saluted Onias, returning with his host to the king. Then testified he to all men <clears throat> the works of the great Elohim, which he had seen with his eyes. And when the king and when the king Heli and when the king Heliodorus, who might be a fit man to be sent once again to Jerusalem, he said, If thou hast an any enemy or traitor send him thither and thou shalt receive him well scourged if he escape with his life for in that place no doubt <clears throat> there is an especial power of Elohim for he that dwelleth in heaven hath his eye on that place and defendeth it and he beateth and destroyeth them that come to hurt it and the things concerning Heliodorus and the keeping of the treasury fell out on this sort and where are we at now Chapter 4, we're going to go to verse 17. 
This Simon now, of whom we spake afore, having been a betrayer of the money and of his country, slandered Onias as if he had terrified Heliodorus and been the worker of these evils. Thus was he bold to call him a traitor that had deserved well of the city and <clears throat> tendered his own nation and was so zealous of the laws. But when their hatred went so far that by one of Simon's factions murderers were committed, Onias, seeing the danger of this contention, and that Apollonius, as being the governor of Ciliosira and Phenice, did rage and increase Simon's malice. He went to the king, not to be an accuser of his countrymen, but seeking the good of all, both public and private, for he saw that it was impossible that the state should continue quiet, and Simon leave his folly unless the king did look thereunto. But after the death of Seleucus, when Antiochus, called Epiphanes, took the kingdom, Jason, the brother of Onias, labored, labored underhand to be high priest, promising unto the king by intercession three hundred and threescore talents of silver, and of another revenue eighty talents. Besides this, he promised to assign an hundred and fifty more, if he might have license to set him up a place for exercise and for the training up of youth in the fashions of the heathen and to write them of Jerusalem by the name of the Antiochians, which when the king had granted and had gotten into his hand the rule, he forthwith brought his own nation to Greekish fashion. <clears throat> and the royal privileges granted of special favor to the Jews by the means of John the father of Epilomaeus, who went ambassador to Rome for amnity, and aid he took away, and putting down the governments which were according to the Torah, he brought up new customs against the Torah. For he built gladly a place of exercise under the tower itself, and brought the chief young men under his subjection, and made them wear a hat. That's kind of interesting, right? <clears throat> now such was the height of Greek fashions, and increase of heathenish manners, through the exceeding profaneness of Jason, that ungodly wretch, and no high priest that the priests had no courage to serve any more at the altar, but despising the temple and neglecting the, neglecting the sacrifices, hastened to be partakers of the unlawful allowance in the place of exercise after the game of discus called them forth. So nothing new under the sun. So you have <clears throat> the Greek nation coming in and, um, you know, through deceit and through subversion, uh, changing the laws of the nation and getting the people to be accustomed with the Greek ways uh, with sports, you know, we see here, I mean, they're, they're blinding the people with sports. I mean, what's what's going on today? Nothing new in the sun. The people are absolutely blinded by sports. I once was. I once was absolutely blinded by football and uh, thought it was just, you know, the best thing ever. And it was a really important part of my life, you know. But praise Yah that he opened my eyes and many other people's eyes to uh, the folly. The, it's folly. Uh, it's ridiculousness. Not setting by the honors of their fathers, but liking the glory of the Grecians best of all, by reason whereof sore calamity came upon them, for they had them to be their enemies and avengers, whose custom they followed so earnestly, and unto whom they desired to be like in all things. For it is not a light thing to do wickedly against the Torah of Elohim, but the time following shall declare these things. Excuse me. I'm going to skip to chapter 5 because a lot of these things are repeated from what we already read. You know, chapter 5, verses 19 through 27. <clears throat> uh, let's see. Yeah, anyway, so all here, this is like, uh, this is a lot of the destruction we saw earlier. The martyrdom, the, the destruction of the killing of the young and the old. Um, 
the pollution of the temple. Um, for for had they not been formally wrapped up in many sins, this man, as soon as he had come, had forthwith been scourged and put back from his presumptions, as Heliodorus was, whom Seleucus the king sent to be the treasury. Nevertheless, Elohim did not choose the people for the place's sake, but the place for the people's sake. And therefore the place itself that was partaker with them of the adversity that happened to the nation did afterwards communicate in the benefits sent from Yahuwah, and it was forsaken in the wrath of the Almighty. So again, the great Yahuwah being reconciled, it was set up with all glory. So when Antiochus had carried out of the temple a thousand and eight hundred talents, he departed in all haste and into Antiochus, weaning in his pride to make the land navigable and the sea passable by foot. Such was the haughtiness of his mind. He thought he was a god, right? And he left governors to vex the nation at Jerusalem, Philip, for his country at Phrygian. Sorry, um... And for manners more barbarous than he set them before, more barbarous than he that set him there, and at Gerizim, Andronicus, and besides Menelaus, who worse than all the rest bear a heavy hand over the citizens, having a malicious mind against his countrymen the Jews, he sent also that detestable ringleader Ap Apollonius with an army of two and twenty thousand, commanding him to slay all that those that were in be their best age and to sell the women and the younger of sort who coming to Jerusalem. And pretending peace did forbear till the holy day of the Sabbath, when taking the Jews, keeping holy day, he commanded his men to arm themselves. And so he slew all them that were gone to celebrating of the Sabbath, and running through the city with weapons, slew great multitudes. But Judas Maccabeus, with nine others, or thereabout, withdrew himself into the wilderness, and lived in the mountains after the manner of beasts, with his company, who fed on herbs continually, lest they should be partakers of the pollution. So... I wanted to start with this and kind of end with this that um, you know I, I I believe that we are truly living in a time <clears throat> very much um, like at the beginning of the of the destruction here of Jerusalem and uh, I, I think we need to be wise like the Maccabeans and flee to the mountains per se uh, coming out of the midst of really this coming calamity if you can if you can if you can get out get out now. Um, I think many of us can see the writing on the wall of what time exactly it is. And, um, man, brothers and sisters, this is the time to truly rest in Yahuwah's ways um, and to keep them with all that we have. Uh, let the examples of the martyrs that we saw in this book be a strength unto us, knowing that even if we are to be martyred, slaughtered, sent to FEMA camps, whatever it may be, so so be it. Let us, you know, let heaven and earth be witnesses uh, that we would be slain uh, in our innocency. And, you know, but I, I truly believe, though, in, in these last times, in the last, last days, that I really do believe that those that have faithfulness in the Most High through His begotten Son, Messiah, Husha, will be protected, <clears throat> will be protected from this coming wrath. And, uh, you know, now is the time to stand for his Torah more than ever before, even if it's, if there's persecution, even if, you know, your, even if your spouse hates you for it, listen, just take it, just take it and bear it. Um, even if your, your parents disown you, even if your children laugh you to scorn, uh, even if 
your job fires you because you no longer can you can work on the Shabbat. Brothers and sisters, let the story of the Maccabees and of all Yashrael in those days be a testimony and a witness unto us that we need to stand for what's right and we need to stand for it and have courage to stand for Yahweh's Torah. And um, I believe that he will deliver us from all of our enemies. And even if we don't, um, you know, Revelation, as we'll read next week, Revelation 20 says that uh, those that are martyred for him, um, they will live and reign with uh, with Messiah for a thousand years. So <sighs> praise be to Yah. Praise be to Yah. And may we stand valiantly for his Torah. I want to read, uh, um, and, uh, and also, you know, um, just to finish up with, uh, you know, why why I am remember I'm not keeping this as a feast day. Uh, I'm not I'm not keeping this Hanukkah as a Shabbat, um, but I am memorializing it. And uh, in John chapter ten, we see Yahusha is in the temple um, while they're celebrating this. It doesn't say a word about this feast. It says he was there during the feast of dedication, um, and he didn't say a word to them. You know, and some people will say, oh, well, you know, he rebuked the Jews uh, at the festival. So therefore, the festival was wrong. Well, once again, he rebuked them during the Sabbath. So with that same logic, the Sabbath, therefore, is is false and, and not to be kept. Um, so just some things to consider. Um, it, it's certainly I don't think it's a commandment to keep this day. But. Man, what a blessing, what a blessing to to read this and to grow from this and to gain some strength because I really think that we can learn some lessons from what these what these people endured and uh, what we are um, in our time so what maybe what we're about to endure so and you know <clears throat> let that also be a lesson for us that even if we might face persecution you know by mockery or or you know suffering our relationships or our jobs it's nothing compared to the woman the mother that saw her seven children dismembered and then thrown into a, a, f- a fiery pan of oil and burned alive. That's nothing compared to Eliezer, who they opened his mouth and tried to shove pork down his mouth. And he said, no, kill me. I ain't doing it. You know, it um, makes me really sad for the for the church that's asleep. They get together every Sunday and break open the Sunday ham and just stuff their faces with unlawful meat. Wherein these people were destroyed, were killed, were martyred for eating that same meat, or for not eating that meat, excuse me. So, whew, certainly we can give up the bacon and give up the ham. It ain't worth it. <clears throat> it ain't worth it to break Yahweh's Torah. So, a uh, couple things, a um, couple announcements. Uh, so, what is what we'll do? I got a few announcements. Uh, we're going to pray. We're going to do the uh, the blessing. Uh, we're going to sing together. And... Um, then we're going to break for about 10-15 minutes, and we're going to do the Torah portion. Uh, Torah portion week 9 already. I can't believe how fast this is going along. So, anyways, um, yeah, I, I can see a lot of you guys that are, are just, you know, I, I, I get it. I get it. It's not in Leviticus 23, but uh, either the Mac Book of Maccabees is, is Scripture, and it's not, and I believe it's Scripture. So, um, before you put yourself in a place of judgment and condemnation of these people, um, Man, <laughs> be careful. Wow. I just, I couldn't imagine standing before Yahuwah and saying what some of the things you guys say to these people, about these people, uh, just completely beyond me. So a couple announcements. Uh, so this coming Tuesday, 
I don't know what else to call it, so you know what I'm talking about. Uh, it should be the new moon as a reminder. Um, let me pull this up. As a reminder, uh, I am encouraging you all to <clears throat> keep the new moon days. Yes, we can do it in our small little way. Book of Numbers, chapter 10, verse 10. Also, in the day of your gladness and in your solemn days and in your beginnings of your months, ye shall blow with the trumpets over your burnt offerings and over the sacrifices of your peace offerings that they may be to you for a memorial before your Elohim. I am Yahweh, your Elohim. And then you're going to ask yourself, okay, so we can blow the shofar, uh, but what about the sacrifices? Hebrews 13, uh, 14 through 16. For here we have no continuing city, but we seek one to come. By him, therefore, let us offer the sacrifice of praise to Elohim continually, that is, the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name, but to do good and to communicate, forget not, for with such sacrifices Elohim is well pleased. So, uh, simply put, I think the new moon day is a great time to cite the new moon sliver. I go off of what the book of Enoch says, which is the first visible light uh, is considered the new moon. And when you see it, blow your shofar with all you got. Have your kids blow it as well. Um... Have a meal. Have a meal and give thanks unto Yahuwah. Um, you know, I think that's outside of the shofar. I think it's something we should do anyways every day, but um, maybe something a little extra special today. And just praise him. Praise him for um, creating the, the sun, moon, and stars to be of service to us so that we can understand uh, his calendar and to know what day and what time it is. So praise be to Yah. So again, this Tuesday night should be the first visible uh, sliver at sunset. Look to the west. And uh, right at sundown, when it starts just starts getting dark, you should see that little tiny little sliver. Unless it's cloudy, then you won't be able to see it. Um, <clears throat> I got a, uh, a poem that I want to read from read for you all from a brother, brother Brad Wingard. He um, sent this to me this week, and I, I thought it was a blessing, and I want to read it for you. It's a poem. Brad Wingard, thanks, bro. They twist the doctrine and tickle the ears, but call themselves righteous peers. They say that the law is too hard, it causes confusion. They were given over to a strong delusion. They turn away from the Father's commands, only to follow the doctrines of man. With no eyes to see, no ears to hear, so easily deceived by man-made fear. For many hath strayed from the narrow path, without fear, without trembling of the Most High's wrath. They make their own way, they say no guidance is needed. The warnings are given, but are no longer heeded. They cried, He knows my heart, I'll worship my way, like three thousand in the desert that died the same day. The sorceries of media and pharmacia they allow to control, for the love of many has indeed waxed cold. Turn away from the worldly things, turn your path to the one true King, Messiah, our King, the only way, our High Priest, through whom the Father we pray. Repent and follow the Father's commands. Don't fall for the doctrines of corruptible man. It's very good, brother. Praise you. Thank you for that. Again, that was Brad Wingard. Um, all right, one other thing, one other thing, and um, uh, this is not for today. This is the Sabbath. No buying, no selling, but I wanted to show you um, that uh, we have an order form uh, for seats made by Ciara Grant. This is Jake Grant's wife. Uh, she will be doing the seats. Uh, just fill out this form, uh, quantity, and uh, you submit your order. And she just makes very simple ones, just the white and blue. Maybe later on down the future, she might make different colors, but 
A lot of you have asked uh, where to get Zitzit from, and it's uh, on the Parable of the Vineyard website. I'm going to put it uh, in the chat right now, and we'll put it in the comments later uh, for you all. But again, it's the Sabbath, so please don't uh, look in, don't, uh, do not buy these during the Sabbath day, please. Which for us is sundown tonight to sundown tomorrow. I know some of you do morning to morning, whatever. So anyways, just uh, wanted to let you know about this, that they're now available. She's ready to go. They just had their baby two weeks ago, 10 days ago. The, oh, yeah, tomorrow will be two weeks. <clears throat> Baby's healthy, beautiful. Uh, and uh, anyways, I guess she's ready now to start uh, making some ZZ, start ready to make the orders. So um, 15 bucks shipped, I think, is a pretty good, uh, pretty good price. So. Um, lastly, um, as far as, um, as far as announcements, um, put out a video yesterday, really reluctantly, cause I just don't like sharing dreams. I think it's really over, over, overused. Um, and I think there's a lot of false, false dreams out there. And, and I don't know if my dream was from Yah or if it was false, but long story short, <clears throat> I was, uh, in a, like a large room. And um, I wanted to read scripture for everybody, and I went to uh, I went to grab my my phone and read from the suffer. And as I was reading, uh, the the words like dissolved, like I couldn't read it. And um, and um, and uh, okay, I was like, oh, okay, my phone's not working. Can somebody else? You know, I just need to read some scriptures. I was like, give me KJV, something, anything, anybody. And everybody kept handing me their phones, and a phone after phone wouldn't work. And uh, none of us had like physical copy of scriptures. And so uh, what I took from the dream was that uh, I think it's time to prepare uh, that we may not have the Internet at our disposal to study the word like we are so blessed to have right now. I mean, if you if you love studying the scriptures and you want to be a, a, a studious person with the scriptures, man, what a time to be alive. I mean, it's just amazing the cross references you can do and all the concordances online and seeing the Greek like that and seeing the Hebrew like that, seeing every instance of that Hebrew word being used so you can get the full depth. I mean, it's just amazing. But, you know, what happens if all that's just stripped away from us? Uh, I think it's time to get physical copies. Uh, so if you want more information on that, and I gave a list of my recommended scriptures, the kind of must-haves in the, every, every house, um, plus that the Hallelujah Scriptures is uh, really, um, they are like really all about giving out some scriptures right now. So if you, they are donation-based, so if you can afford a donation, uh, you know, please donate to them, and they'll send it to you. Um, and if you're absolutely just broke, uh, you can email them and uh, they'll get you some scriptures. They do also have a copy of the Maccabees, Maccabim, which is what we read tonight. Um, so praise be to you for that. So anyways, enough of uh, announcements. Um, <clears throat> let's uh, get some prayer, uh, blessing. We're going to sing together. And um, I want you guys to sing with me like this. Uh, we're going to sing together like this without the music. Even though I love Alan's video uh, and all that kind of stuff, I want to actually sing with you. So we'll, we'll sing together. But let's pray. <clears throat> Heavenly Father, Yahuwah Most High, we just come before you in Yahusha's name to whom we are very grateful for because we know, as the scripture saith, that no man comes to you yet through him. And truly, our faith is, is in you through him. And we just bless you and thank you for salvation and washing us clean. We thank you for opening our eyes to the majesty of your Torah and its validity and its relevancy for us in our day that is uh, never uh, never to perish. And um, we just ask that you give us understanding 
and an obedient heart that we may follow you and we may do what's right and pleasing in your sight and to bring forth the fruit that you so desire, which is the obedience unto your ways uh, and how you've revealed yourself to us. Let us be valiant, O Yahuwah, like the examples that were shown to us tonight in the book of the Maccabim. And may we be valiant for your Torah as many men uh, have been before us. We love you, we bless you, and uh, may our fear be to you only and to not to man and his devices. In Yahusha's name we pray and we bless you on this most blessed Shabbat. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Yevarechecha Yahuwah Merecha. Ya er Yahua Pana Velecha Vichuneka Yesa Yahua Pana Velecha Vyasem Lecha Shalom Yahua bless you and keep you. Yahua make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. Yahua lift up his countenance upon you and give you shalom. <clears throat> so who's ready to sing with me? I'm sorry, I, this whole night my throat is like closing up on me. I don't know what's going on. <clears throat> All right, who's ready to sing? Let's sing together. <laughs> uh, I just want to sing with you guys. Is that wrong? <clears throat> Actually, yeah, let's just let's just do it. Let's sing. I sing to Yahuwah, for he is highly exalted. The horse and his rider he has thrown into the sea. Yah is my strength and my song, and he has become my deliverance. He is my El, and I praise him, Elohim of my Father, and I exalt him. Yahuwah is a man of battle. Yahuwah is his name. He has cast Pharaoh's chariots and his army into the sea. And his chosen officers are drowned in the sea of reeds. The depths covered them. They went down to the bottom like a stone. <clears throat> Your right hand, O Yahuwah, has become great in power. Your right hand, O Yahuwah, has crushed the enemy. And in the greatness of your excellence, you pulled down those who rose up against you. You sent forth your wrath. It consumed them like stubble. And with the wind of your nostrils, the waters were heaped up. The floods stood like a wall. The depths became stiff in the heart of the sea. The enemy said, I pursue, I overtake, I divide the spoil. My being is satisfied on them. I draw out my sword. My hand destroys them. You blew with your wind. The sea covered them. They sank like lead in the mighty waters. Who is like you? Oh, Yahuwah. 
among the mighty ones. Who is like you, great in Kodeshah? Awesome in praises, working wonders. You stretched out your right hand, the earth swallowed them. In your kindness, you led the people whom you have redeemed. And in your strength, you guided them to your Kodesh dwelling. Peoples heard, they trembled. Anguish gripped the inhabitants of Pelisheth. Then the chiefs of Edom were troubled, the mighty men of Moab. Trembling grips them, all the inhabitants of Canaan melted. Fear and dread fell on them by the greatness of your arm. They are as silent as a stone. Until your people pass over, O Yahuwah, until the people whom you have bought pass over. You bring them in and plant them in the mountain of your inheritance, in the place, O Yahuwah, which you have made for your own dwelling, the Mikdash, O Yahuwah, which your hands have prepared. Yahuwah reigns forever and ever. Hallelujah. In case you're new, that's Exodus 15. And um, that's the song of Moshe, which I do believe is the... There's two songs of Moshe. I do believe this is the song of Moshe that uh, is sung in uh, with the victory. Those that get victory over the beast and over his name and over his image and over his mark. So, praise be to Yahuwah. And, um, man, brothers and sisters, may you be blessed. And Shabbat Shalom to you. And... Uh, Give me about 15 minutes or so, and I'll see you all in the Torah portions. So, um, Shabbat Shalom.